اشرب شرب اهل الصفاء الله الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 8 of Soul Food, where we're going to look at the nafs. So we're still looking at the third obstacle that Imam al-Ghazali mentions, the obstacle of impediments. And the fourth impediment that he mentions is the nafs. And in this episode, we'll look at how the nafs is an enemy, the ways to tame the nafs, and the 12 benefits of taqwa. So the nafs, which is our lower self, Imam al-Ghazali says, is the biggest impediment and the most dangerous of all the enemies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, For the nafs constantly incites to evil, except for the one my Lord shows mercy. So in other words, the nafs is really working within human beings and will be successful in calling them to things that are not of their benefit, except for the one my Lord shows mercy. And it's the most dangerous of the enemies because it is the enemy that exists inside of you. And it is an, also an enemy that we all love because it's part of us. It's not something that we see as outside of ourselves or other than who we are, but it's something that's very much a part of us. So we love it. So it's very difficult to deal with an enemy that we don't really have a hatred towards. Like the devil's very easy because we don't like him and, you know, we recognize that he's out to get us. But this nafs that's inside of us, we think is often looking out for our own best interests or our own comforts. But if you look at all the mistakes that have been made, whether in your own life or even just in human history, they come back to the nafs. Iblis, the devil himself, fell victim to his own nafs when he gave in to arrogance and envy and refused to bow down to Adam. So he went from being honored and entered into paradise to being cursed and distanced and debased. And all of this was because he fell prey to his own nafs. When you look at the story, for example, of Cain and Abel, Qabil and Habil, he killed his own brother because of envy that came from his nafs. So this is a very dangerous and constant enemy. So if the enemy can cause this much damage, you have to deal very carefully and cautiously with it. So that brings us to the next point that Imam al-Ghazali mentions, which is the ways to tame the nafs. The nafs is like a wild horse. But if you know how to tame that wild horse, you can make it work to your advantage. So if you have this wild, crazy horse, it's dangerous. But if you're able to figure out how to tame it, you can guide it and direct it, and it can be of great service to you. So sometimes you have to be diplomatic, even with your own nafs. And Imam al-Ghazali says that there are three ways to tame the nafs, and they are, number one, restraining its desires, withholding from giving in to the desires of the nafs. And this is almost like a foreign concept in today's world. 
You know, everything is about comfort, luxury, and even progress is telling you that you should have everything you ever want. You should have as much choice and quote unquote freedom as you can possibly have and that that's a good thing. But we recognize that the nafs is greedy and the more that you feed into its desires, the stronger its hold over you becomes. And that restraining the desire is actually something that is in your best interests, which is why fasting is such an amazing act of worship. It breaks your routine and puts the nafs back in check. So the first thing is restraining the desires. The second thing Imam al-Ghazali says is weighing the nafs down with acts of worship. So this is because the nafs becomes humbled and the influence of the nafs is weakened by the light of worship, by the nur of ibadah. So it sounds easy, but we all know that this is a struggle, right? Allah says in the Quran, وَأَمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا Order your family to pray and be steadfast, وَاسْطَبِرْ And be very patient and steadfast in establishing it. But when we're able to do acts of worship and be steadfast, in establishing them, it has a very powerful impact on taming the nafs and strengthening our souls in not giving in to the negative influence of the nafs. That's the second thing. The third thing Imam al-Ghazali says is seeking assistance from Allah Jalla Jalalu and beseeching his help, asking him from the depth of your heart to help you. As the verse says, that the soul, the nafs, the lower self, commands to evil, except for the one my Lord shows mercy. So ask Allah for mercy, ask Him for His assistance. So those are the three ways Imam al-Ghazali talks about that we can use to tame the nafs. And another thing that we can do is also incentivize righteousness and goodness. So that brings us to the next point, which is 12 benefits of taqwa that are taken directly from the Quran. And in the Quran, taqwa generally has three meanings. This word taqwa, which often is translated as mindfulness of God. In the Quran, it has three meanings. One, humility and awe of God. Another meaning is obedience and worship. And another meaning it takes is removing the heart's attachment to sins. And Imam al-Ghazali says this is the reality of taqwa. So one of the ways that we deal diplomatically with the nafs is to reflect on these great benefits. That when you're mindful of Allah, when you worship Allah, when you do what you're supposed to do, you will actually benefit and you will get great reward and everlasting reward. And this is actually how you talk to your nafs in order to convince it. Like, this is what we need to do. Help me out. We're in this together. It's good for us. And you have that conversation with the nafs. And then it starts to become a little bit more cooperative in doing what you need to do. So Imam al-Ghazali says the first benefit of taqwa is receiving praise and recognition from Allah. Allah says in the Quran, if you are steadfast and mindful of God, that is the best course. That is the best course of action. So you remind it that you will receive recognition from Allah and be of those who are praised by Him. Another benefit is that you will be granted God's protection from your enemies. 
Allah says in the Quran, وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا لَا يَضُرُّكُمْ كَيْدُهُمْ شَيْئًا But if you are steadfast and conscious of God, their scheming will not harm you in the least. Another benefit of taqwa is that you will be granted God's assistance. Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ God is with those who are mindful of Him. In other words, He is assisting them. Another benefit, the fourth benefit of taqwa, is that it saves you from hardships and God promises to provide for you. Allah says in the Quran, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ And whoever is mindful of God, whoever has taqwa, Allah will make a way out for them from every hardship and provide for them from where they never expected. The fifth benefit of taqwa is that it will help you have rectification and soundness in your actions and in your good deeds. Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ O you who believe, be mindful of Allah and speak in an upright manner and to good purpose. And the result of that is what? He will make your deeds upright. He will make your actions sound. And then the next benefit, which comes later in the verse, is forgiveness of sins. The sixth benefit of taqwa is that God will grant you forgiveness of your sins because he says, And he will forgive you your sins. The seventh benefit of taqwa is that God will grant you his love. Allah says, Truly God loves the people of righteousness and taqwa. The eighth benefit is that your deeds will be accepted by Allah. Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا يَتَقَبَّلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Truly God accepts from those who have righteousness, those who are mindful of Him. The ninth benefit is honor. Allah says, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ The most honored of you in the sight of God are those who have the most taqwa, those who are most mindful of Him. The honor does not come in race or in wealth or anything of those things, but it comes in the mindfulness of Allah that you have in your heart. The tenth benefit is that you will be granted glad tidings at the time of death. Allah says in the Quran, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ لَهُمُ الْبُشْرَى فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ Those who believed and were mindful of God, they will have the good news in this life and in the hereafter, that the angels will come to them and tell them that they will be of those servants who are entered into the Divine Presence. The eleventh benefit of taqwa is salvation from the fire. Allah says in the Quran, ثُمَّ نُنَجِّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا And then we will save those who were mindful, those who had taqwa. And the twelfth and final benefit of taqwa mentioned in the Quran is that God says that the paradise, the gardens of paradise will be granted, that they are promised for the people of taqwa. أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ That it has been prepared and promised for the people of taqwa. So when you look at all of these amazing benefits, things that benefit you in this world before they even benefit you in the hereafter, and that the benefit in the hereafter is everlasting, you should tell your nafs to choose God's obedience 
over its own lowly desires in order to gain all of these benefits and these great rewards and everlasting honor. So that brings us to the call to action. Tonight or throughout your day, deprive your nafs of something you normally would give it or something that you have a desire or an inclination towards. So choose one thing that you're inclined to and withhold from doing it. Just so that you can teach your nafs and you can train yourself not to give in to your nafs and that your heart and your mind and your soul is in control and not your lowly desires. So even just deprive it of something small and that will actually be a very big victory so that you can show your nafs that you're in control. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our souls with His gentleness and goodness and in well-being. May Allah bless us with rarefied and honored souls. And may He grant us all of the great rewards that He grants the people of taqwa. May He inspire us to His obedience and to His worship and to His good pleasure. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm, where you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.